Hello, everyone, and welcome to Devil Fruit Hunts, the podcast where we read One Piece and then we eat Hunt's tomato sauce. Yes, finally. I am, of course, your host, John, and joining me today from Tegucigalpa is Matt. Aloha. And also joining me is Patrick Ramirez. I'm coming to you from the bottom of a Hunt's spaghetti sauce can. Can you hear me? Can you hear me loud and clear? Patrick, we can just barely make you. Oh, Sorry, I just Matt. got out of there. God, it's so delicious. Thank God. <laughs> kind of weird that you said aloha when you're in Honduras, but uh, oh, he's visiting. I, I, I he's meant visiting. to say hola, and <laughs> something just didn't work in my brain. <laughs> it was not on purpose. It was funny, though. <laughs> okay, good. That's, that's all that matters. <laughs> all right. Uh, this week we are discussing episode. Oh, sorry, chapters five hundred and eighty-one through six hundred and two of One Piece. So, the rest of the world is grappling with the power vacuum created by Whitebeard's death. Uh, Do Flamingo kills Gecko Moria, and he is stripped of warlord status. Uh, Luffy's mind and body are in competition to see which one is more fucked up. Um, way back in the past. Dodon, the bandit, is cursed with raising Ace and Luffy, and the two brothers end up befriending a noble lad named Sabo. When Sabo is killed, Ace vows to never die. Survey says that was Cap. Back in the present, Jimbei gives Luffy a little tough love and reminds him that his crew still exists, and Rayleigh shows up to help him reconnect. We check in with the rest of the Straw Hats, as well as the Revolutionaries, Crocodile, Kobe, Smoker, Aokiji, Vivi, and Buggy. Uh, oh, and the Supernovas, as well as Duval, who is still on Shibodi. Uh, so Sengoku is, Sengoku, rather, is retiring. Uh, Garp is taking a back seat. And the world government has some positions to fill. Luffy and the Straw Hats agree to meet back on Shibodi in two years instead of in three days like they originally planned, and Rayleigh gives Luffy some instruction in the three types of hockey. Um, Usopp gets jacked, Nami grows out her hair, Brooke becomes famous, Sanji grows a goatee, Frankie shaves his head, Zoro, cho- er, uh, Zoro closed one of his eyes and forgot to reopen it, uh, Robin grew out her bangs, and Chopper went through puberty. Uh, all right, so yeah, after showing... Up at the island, they all, well, a couple of them get a chance to show off some new powers, and the crew sets sail for Fishman Island. John, I'm going to interject really quick. Um, Gecko Moria was about to be killed, but he actually got away. Um, we hear Duflamingo mention that he just kind of fucked off right before dying, and we don't know where or why, other than hmm. you know, not wanting to die. But I, I just wanted to shout that out real quick. I thought he was lying about that, but you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, not to... We'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'm betting Matt has other information past chapter 602 that maybe, maybe confirms maybe so. that theory. That's possible. Maybe confirms that recollection. I mean, it's one piece. If, if we don't get a, a hard confirmation, it's, it's hard to say anyone's dead, right? right? Right. Unless we see a fist through their chest, and even still then, maybe not. Yeah, we really had to see that uh, Viva card burn up. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> That was last episode. (laughs) That's why he introduced the idea of the Viva card, was to (laughs) mitigate the effects of what uh, is referred to by the fandom as the Pell effect. Yeah, no, uh, (laughs) very wise choice, Oda. Good call. Do you remember that, Patrick? Sorry, my dogs were going nuts because the mailman just showed up. 
Uh, oh, the the I was talking about the. You said. <laughs> I was talking about the Pell effect. Remember the the eagle guy? Oh yeah, like the day six <laughs> pill. Yeah, or just the fact that he was the first person to die, and then it turns out he didn't die. I was really sad when I thought Pell was dead. Yeah, that, and I and I learned my lesson. I think it took me two near deaths to learn my lesson that, like, (laughs) oh yeah, unless you see like the body being cremated, and then you see ashes presented, that like uh, they they may still be alive. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right. So normally we don't go exactly in order, but I was thinking that since we have uh, to the listener, we are basically covering. Two entire arcs, but they are just both small arcs is essentially how this worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about them one at a time. Let's start with Luffy gets to Amazon Lily and has his flashback. Let's do that first, and then we'll talk about Return to Shibodi in the second part. I mean, I just want to say once again, Boa Hancock is is coming in clutch. I mean, what an MVP. Easily a contender for one of the best allies that Luffy ever makes, I think, at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also like one of his first allies, right? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, especially just kind of being out there on his own, right? I, I think that he's, you know, he he won friendships with like Vivi back in Alabaster or whatnot, but like this is all on him. And, and I don't know, I kept thinking like it really is a great thing that he punched that Celestial Dragon in the face because he he never. <laughs> He'd probably be dead if he hadn't done that, because uh, I don't think that uh, she ever would have flipped for him so hard if he hadn't. And I think that that effect is present for other characters to a lesser degree, where pretty much everybody in the world is like, oh, you're the guy who punched a celestial dragon and you're alive? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yeah, like we'll we'll talk more about this in the, the second little arc, but um, Luffy's very famous now. <laughs> People yep. know who he is and yeah it's fun to see how that plays out yeah i I like that you bring up that um boa hancock is just one of his allies because it is very useful that luffy has been sold to us as formidable and famous and that we just met whitebeard who showed up for his last stand and he had like all these homies at his back and even the Mm -hmm. marines were like yeah he's pretty legit (laughs) (laughs) um so you can kind of imagine a future where, like, if Luffy ever needed to make a final stand, he would probably have a bunch of people outside of just his crew that would show up to back him up. Yeah, and, and I mean, this is getting ahead, but just because we're talking about it, there's that line when the Kuja Pirates depart where they say, like, anytime you need us, we're there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I fully expect that to come up at some point. Um, Patrick, Patrick, I'm curious what you are thinking about Trafalgar Law at this point, because he's probably like the new big character that we're dealing with now besides Jimbei. Yeah, there seems to be a lot going on in the background. And then um, this part, we this flashback has already started, right? By the time that we see uh, Boa Hancock, right? The very um, beginning of no, this. No, I think the flashback happens later when Jimbei yeah. like... He's basically to talking to Luffy, yeah. Oh, okay, well, the stuff I had uh, kind of... The first thing I had written down was like when they go back or, or, or the flashback happens and you see um, Trafalgar, Trafalgar, Trafalgar Law and um, the Bartholomew Kuma at the yeah. castle thing. And he's talking about like he's going to rescue these, you know, these, these uh, straw hat pirates and save them for later, basically. And I was just like, what the fuck? And I just thought about, I think Matt's uh, comment probably over several episodes about like we really don't know Kuma's deal mm-hmm. and how he just d- 
does these i mean talk about coming in clutch like also kuma for like reasons unbeknownst to us at this point like why he's doing any of what he's doing right yeah it's it's a real mystery um that only deepens when we find out that kuma knows dragon personally and Mm -hmm. um Right. And we even see Kuma in the flashback that's, at the very end. That's the same page, I think, yeah, mm-hmm. of that flashback. And, it's like all on one page. It's just nuts. And I think it might have something to do with Robin, too. Like, we're, we're, yeah. we are breaking the rule I immediate, I set for us immediately and talking about later so stuff. But like, it's, it's probably my fault. No, it's all good. I'm not going to force it. Like, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to the Sabo stuff, like, 100%. But yeah. uh, since, since we're talking about it, um, Robin, you know, she presumably spoke with Dragon uh, she met with the revolutionaries, so I almost wonder if what happened with Kuma and Kuma's whole deal, quote unquote, is I think what we're referring to it as. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that might have something to do with Robin, just based on that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, like we we get a really interesting tidbit about Robin, which is that the revolutionaries refer to her as the light of the revolution, and that they've been trying to like track her down to give her like you know safe harbor for like ten years, basically, and. Um, yeah, they were never able to find her. But I don't. I thought it was really cool how she's like, "I'm not going in your ship. I yeah, I don't know you guys that well." I'm like, "Bring out, bring out the blankets and like make her comfortable on the deck." Yeah, I mean the revolutionaries seem like good guys. Um, yeah, I mean we haven't seen this. Is, we finally actually get to um, meet Dragon. Mm-hmm. Actually, for the first, you know what I mean. Like we've seen him before, but we haven't like seen him talk or like. Mm-hmm. really had any idea what his deal was yeah there was a fun little moment where i don't think dragon says it himself but like like we hear what his reaction to the news of him being luffy's dad is and he's always fine with it it shows his um his comrades that he's human after all something like that yeah like oh you have a dad <laughs> yeah you came from somewhere yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah because you can forget that he's a person and not just a force of nature sometimes well, and it, I mean, we're like going all over the place. Sorry, but like we we learned the other interesting tidbit that a the town that Luffy grew up on is part of a broader kingdom, mm-hmm. and that that kingdom is where Dragon is himself from. And um, we'll talk a lot more about the uh, the Goa Kingdom later. But I remember while we're reading it, thinking it was a really interesting like microcosm of the world at large and like the world's kind of social problems. And of course, then Dragon shows up and like explicitly says that. <laughs> but uh, it's really interesting. You you can definitely tell how somebody with his, you know, we don't know much about him, but presumably somebody with a very strong sense of like justice and right and wrong, growing up in a place like that, yeah, um, could turn out the way the Dragon seems to have turned out. Yeah, I yeah, like that I, whole. Oh, good. No, oh, you go ahead, man. Well, I was yeah. gonna say that whole <laughs> flashback arc where you get the. Luffy's growing up part on Windmill. I think it's called Windmill Island, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's like a retcon, but a good version of that because it's like filling in the spaces that they left intentionally. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. up subconsciously blank uh, earlier. Well, I think it's the Windmill Village in Windmill the Goa Village. Kingdom. In, yeah. And they, they explicitly say like, even though it's way fucking far away from the Goa Kingdom, like downtown, it's still technically part of Goa Kingdom. And they show this like mm-hmm. one windmill in a sad house, like outside <laughs> yeah. like the gates or the wall of this like main kingdom or whatever. Um, but then filling yeah. all that story out with all the people, all the, and then more of the characters that we see that we have seen since the beginning uh, mm-hmm. was super cool. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think that all the way back in the first episode, we, we discussed how like the story is really interesting because it'll present us like the backstory and we think that that's all there is to it. But right. later on, sometimes it's like, oh no, there's, there's more going on. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you didn't even think that there might've been more going on, but there was, and you know, we're going to get into it now. Yeah. And like, it's really interesting because I, I was going to try to not bring this up, but now it just seems futile to, to not, but <laughs> to the listener to just peek behind the screen, we're recording the episode for the first two episodes of the Netflix show after oh, this. Wow. So what, what timing, unbelievable timing, like I know. totally yeah. accidental. It's unbelievable <laughs> how this shit lined up. It was I know. fucking crazy. Yeah. So like we're, we're getting to see what happened basically <laughs> directly after the flashbacks that we saw in yeah. the first two episodes of the show, mm -hmm. which is super interesting because of what Matt was talking about, where it's like this painting that just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. It's like it's it's zoomed in and then as it zooms out, Oda's like filling in the blank spots like Patrick said. Mm -hmm. It's super cool to watch. But did like, you did you remember that this is what the post-war arc was about? That it had this big huge like fill in the blanks for the beginning? I I remember the flashback. I forgot a lot of the like, like place setting around that. Yeah, like so Something I wanted to mention really quickly was Ace's tattoo, which we can fucking finally talk about. But yeah. if y'all remember, Ace has a tattoo on his shoulder that's A-S-C-E and the S is crossed out. Right. And there are two theories about what this tattoo might mean. As far as I know, I don't think it's ever been officially confirmed either way. But one is that um, he was trying to spell his own name and was stupid and crossed out the S because mm -hmm. he misspelled it. Um, but the one I like is that these are all initials. And we can finally talk about that. Finally. Um, A is for Ace. S is for Sabo. And it's crossed out because uh, Sabo is presumably dead. Mm -hmm. um, C is for Crybaby, uh, which is Luffy. And uh, E is for Edward Newgate, which is, of course, Whitebeard. And then, the, yeah, that order would make sense, too, because the E would be added on later. Yeah, it, it's chronological in that way, too. Absolutely. Uh, I love that he put Luffy as crybaby. That that was something I actually wrote down that I wanted to talk about is how different baby Luffy is, you know? Like, yeah. Luffy used to be such a different character, like, a much less likable one in some ways. Like, he was the <laughs> annoying little kid that was kind of tagging along, you know? Well, I, I think they make a good case of, like, we, we find out that he, he was brought to Dada and, and he met Ace after... After he got the straw hat, after he ate the devil fruit, and you know, basically after like Shanks left for the last time, and I, I think yeah, he he really had to grapple with the idea that like, hey, my friends are all gone, and like I'm I'm not I got dragged away from the village. I can't bug the bartender and the mayor anymore. So like, I don't really have anyone. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, he's a little kid, and I don't know. It, it's. It was cool seeing this. It, it was cool seeing like Dragon Ball uh, famously has a lot of scenes where like Goku as like a eight year old is just in the jungle, just kind of existing. And I thought that this is a really cool kind of corollary to that where there are these great like just no dialogue, just totally wordless sequences where we see um, Ace and Luffy, you know, in the jungle and then later Ace, Luffy and Sabo all just kind of romping around and, and adventuring and doing their thing. There's but actually yeah. uh, some filler in the anime in this part. Oh, yeah. And mm. it's pretty good filler. I'm not going to lie. Because <laughs> it yeah, is it just cool good. to see them going on little romps and raves and adventures, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it, that almost could be its own anime, honestly. If it were just oh, yeah, like totally. a slice of life kind of comedy 
maybe like a comedy adventure anime or something like that. I could definitely see that. Yeah, um, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, and you you asked if uh, we remembered this, Patrick. I mm-hmm. remembered the Sabo and Ace stuff, and I remembered it because I didn't like it at all at the time. <laughs> what? Yeah, Cold we can talk about John that a little over bit, here. But, but what I didn't remember at all, it was anything about like dragon and the whole like Goa Kingdom thing, which so I, fast I think is short. so. Sorry, what? I was gonna say they're so small though compared to everything else. Uh oh yeah yeah you're right um. But what I was going to say is it's way more interesting to me now because I think Goa is interesting in that it is a place where the contradictions of this world are more pronounced. And it reminds Mm -hmm. me of uh, what people refer to as like the coastal elites or whatever in Mm -hmm. America, you know, like a New York or Los Angeles where it's like super capitalism is happening. Mm -hmm. Um, That's sort of what Goa reminded me of, except there is more like feudalism. Or like a blend of feudalism and capitalism somehow, but um, yeah. And I, I really liked that. Just learning about Sabo, because like I think the SBS mentions they kind of hint that there was a third brother. Because all the way back in the flashback where we see Luffy and like Ace sharing sake or cups or whatever, mm. there's just a little hint of a third cup in the corner. But mm-hmm. um, yep. to me, something I really liked about this is that it, it really kind of recharacterizes just how traumatized luffy is by ace's death because we find out now that this isn't the first brother that he's lost and you know now you know i I think to have one brother and lose one brother is is horrible but i think to have two and lose both of them like the older brothers too the the guys who protected him and looked out for him taught him everything yeah and like he's in that sense he's alone now and I, i really liked that once he you know, basically asked Jinbei, like, I'm, I pinched my cheeks, like, so hard, at, you know, they're about to come off. Like, I'm not dreaming, am I? Mm-hmm. That, you know, other than just crying his heart out. And, you know, it's really upsetting <laughs> how this really upset Luffy is. But the first thing he says after that is, like, I need my crew. Like, I, I, I want to be near my, my comrades, my friends. Um, because I think in that sense, they are the only thing keeping him from actually being alone in the world. And uh, in uh, in good anime protagonist style, he decides, what is the logical thing to do about this hurt in my heart? Uh, to train for two years straight so that I never <laughs> have to feel that way again. <laughs> Compartmental, oh, I bury it deep, deep down. Um, 3D 2Y, man. Yeah, so, Patrick, I, let, let's, let's zero in on the whole Sabo, Ace, and Luffy backstory yeah. thing, like... Mm-hmm. Tell me your thoughts on that, because you were very surprised at my reaction, so I want to hear what you liked about it. What I liked about it was, um, it's kind of, I guess I'm going to bring in that uh, we watched the sh- like we already talked about it, but we watched the shows, you know, very close to reading all these chapters. That did help. And what struck me was how it didn't feel like that long ago that all this happened for the first time for me is reading literally like the chapter one through whatever from the uh, meeting buggy and going to Barate and all that. Right. That, that was like, it feels like not that long ago, even though it kind of is like, mm-hmm. I mean, 600 chapters have happened between that. And so I was struck by how good the story was to me with Sabo and in kind of filling out this like emotional, um, like childhood backstory drama and pain and how it kind of filled out Luffy for me. Cause Luffy's, Luffy has had his kind of emotional character filled out a little bit 
in different ways throughout the story, mainly when fighting enemies or having to save one of his friends and stuff. But to see, like, imagine him being a child and having none of that, like the slate is clean and then building this up with Sabo and then Mm -hmm. Ace and then having his heart ripped out, you know, with the Sabo and the fire on Trash Mountain and all that um, was really well done, I thought. And I that's why I was surprised that you didn't really you're you didn't like it because it was like very i don't know i go for like the emotional heft of this stuff which there is a lot of mm-hmm. throughout all basically all the chapters up to 602 but um in the beginning part with the Savo stuff i thought it was really heavy and pretty good the reason i didn't like it the first time was because um i i felt like oda put like just kind of shoehorned that in as a way to uh, like deepen the impact of what happened with Ace, like kind mm-hmm. of explain why it is so devastating. Mm-hmm. And I, it, the way it came off to me was I thought he should have like believed enough in his characters and his plot and his story to just let Ace's death be enough on its own. I don't think the whole thing with Sabo was needed necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it sort of felt heavy handed in that way. I can totally um, see that. I mean, yeah, that like initially reading this, I don't know if you felt this way, Matt, but I, I thought that this was, oh, he's retconning the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was almost against it at the beginning, but then I started reading it and I was like, oh, he like bought, he won me over like pretty fast. So I kind of like yeah. dropped the whole like retconning <laughs> just, just because kind of aspect. Cause everything you said is true, John, that you're trying to really, you know, make the impact of Ace's death hit home in a huge way and then add Sabo on top of that. And something I I do want to say is that like, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but like the stuff that happens in this flashback will have significance down the road. Um, and like one of the fun things about rereading this is picking up on little things that wouldn't, I, you know, nobody could ever pick up on the first time. Uh, and there's, I don't remember the exact line. I should have written it down, but like the last panel with the revolutionaries on the boat, there's this one like line of dialogue where somebody's like, Hey, you know, what happened? It is something like that, that it's like a non sequitur. It does. You don't see who's talking. You don't see who's being talked to. It doesn't make any sense unless you've just read the whole thing. And they're like, Oh wow. Okay. Interesting. You're, you're kind of nudging in that direction already. Um, yeah, there's there's stuff that Matt and I can't talk about for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can almost do like a spoiler section just for the manga, but we like, can talk about that later. Like, like big time spoilers from this arc? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they should be obvious to me, or what? No, 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 no. It, it shouldn't be obvious to you. It, you it's would never not, know in a million years. Yeah, it, okay. It, it's on a second time <laughs> read, it jumps out at you, but on a first time <laughs> read, it it really doesn't. Um, Fucking Davy Jones. Uh, what's the wardrobe? <laughs> Davy back, back wardrobe game or something? Yeah, Davy back game. I, I do want to say. Oh, sorry. Go, John. I was just going to say that's why I'm talking about my initial reaction the first oh, time I read it and not right. my new reaction because, yeah, I can't. I just can't. <laughs> so it's filled in with, with future memories, basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. That makes I, sense. <clears throat> I do want to say, though, that like part of why I do like the flashback is that we've heard about the revolutionaries <gasps> and the revolutionary army a bit. Wait a minute. You just spoiled this, guys, because now I know that Sabo's alive. What are you talking you, about? You don't know that. Oh, I yeah. do know that. You don't oh, know about that. The yeah, I do know that. Sabo's you, like a big bad villain now, isn't he? <laughs> Patrick, <laughs> oh, stop fuck. speculating oh, because fuck. you're just... It's, 
It's so funny fu- when Patrick's like, here's what I think is going to happen. Because I'm always like, <laughs> not even that's close. really interesting. I'm not, hey man. Okay, don't say anything, don't say anything. Think whatever you want to think. I was just going to say, <laughs> I really like seeing the revolutionary army here of them like saving the people that were going to be genocided for being poor and gross, basically. Yeah. Um, because like we've heard about them. And, and I remember when I was first reading One Piece, a thought in my head is like, or are they going to do a reveal where like the revolutionaries are like also bad? Um, which, you know, I'm not commenting either way down the road, but like this is the first time we really see them kind of do anything. And it is to just show up and save these people um, and kind of take in whoever wants to come with them, which I, I thought was uh, a really nice little touch. We, we get a much better idea of what they're about from this, I'd say. They're basically doing like pirate mutual aid. Yeah. Just like they heard that someone was going to burn a homeless encampment. And they're like, fuck, we're going to go there and save everybody there. You know, like mm-hmm. they're just doing community service, basically like that. That That is what I think they are at this point. I mean, because didn't they also have like a spy? Yeah, they had a spy in the bridge kingdom, which yeah. is a country mm-hmm. that's a bridge. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Tequila Wolf where uh, Robin was taken. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Sabo and Ace and Luffy stuff. Um, the filler is cool. I talked about that. Um, oh, the scene with Dodon where she's like, hmm. looks like she's about to face off against Blue Jam. Yeah. And she stands up, like holds her pole arm out and they're like, we're going to get him. And then she's like, just kidding, run away. And they all, <laughs> they all just like book it and try to try to run. That part was pretty funny and uh it was also badass that she stayed behind with ace to actually really, fight with him yeah because like before ace died i think when ace is still in chains um i might be wrong about that but before he dies he, he says to luffy like tell dot on like thanks or tell her like i'm sorry i died or something um and we finally meet her and, and i really liked part of why i liked her so much in the flashback is now we see her in the present day when she is like beating up garp and basically saying, like, how how could you possibly let him die? And um, mm-hmm. that, like, kind bartender is like, don't you see that Garp is hurting more than anybody? And Dadan shuts that down immediately. And is like, no, Luffy is the one who's suffering more than mm-hmm. anybody. And that, uh, that kind of just ends the conversation. <laughs> and um, Yeah, I don't remember who says it, but someone is like, yeah, apparently someone put him in a submarine or something. So obviously he's alive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, we even Nami see, uh, saying that? It might have been. It might have been, remember. yeah. And then there was also Basil Hawkins. His creepy ass was like, the probability goes really low, but it will never actually get to zero. He's yeah, like, he's, no he's, he's like sad. He's like, no matter what, <laughs> no matter what I do, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't go to zero. <laughs> God, I, I love Hawkins and his fucking tarot bullshit. Of like, hold on, I don't know if I should feel threatened by you yet. I'm still doing the card thing. What so, a weirdo. Okay, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> bizarre person i do think it's cool that we see luffy in basically a modern hospital room mm-hmm. like trafalgar law has modern science and medicine <laughs> which is almost a superpower in this world <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's like what chopper is trying to do essentially they i mean they really and it's interesting too to compare him because i mean law is like specifically a surgeon um and, and um I don't know if Chopper would be able to do surgery or not, he, but he's more of like a general physician. Um, Frankie is a surgeon, if you think about it, a self-surgeon. <laughs> I mean, but not that's true. 
he's like the surgeon you find in the back alley somewhere. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. when you yeah. want cement injected to your buttocks. Like that's, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> he's a veterinary <laughs> surgeon. He's a veterinary. Uh, he's he's your he's your na- late night surgeon on call. That's there for you. If you have a gunshot I, wound and you don't want to go to the hospital, yeah. Oh my god, you call Frankie. I, I want to briefly call out. Um, Frankie has probably my favorite flashback, or not not flashback, but like where everybody is on their own. Right. What's His everyone stuff, happening? It, it was so funny because like for the, he, he repeats like the tragic like bit from Chopper's backstory and makes it into a gag here where Frankie sees like the skull and crossbows like oh a pirate symbol and hits the self-destruct button <laughs> and then we see that he's blown his own face off <laughs> and but like at first he blows up the lab and then it's like for generations they'd call this the great bald <laughs> catastrophe or the, whatever the nightmare of Baltimore <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then later he like he, he finds like a tiger rug or something to like, put on. So he looks, yeah, and then he catches on fire and he like flies out and then he's like, for generations to come, they'd call this the great flaming tiger legend of Baldigo Island. <laughs> I love when they're talking about him. When, he, when I first saw him, I was like, holy fuck, man. <laughs> he, looks, he looks so bad. It's like, you know, you know, like T2 Judgment Day when he's lowered yeah. into the lava and his thumbs up. It's like, if they just reverse that reel and Frankie's coming out of the lava, like with no skin on, yeah. like, I made it, guys. <laughs> Everything's okay. And then they're like, oh my God, you look fucking terrible, man. Oh, holy he's shit. like, well, like, what's wrong? And then like the next scene is just like with the tiger uh snuggy or what yeah, the, what's yeah. the hoodie blanket thing that he's wearing you know uh-huh this is better right <laughs> oh man that's so good it's so I, funny i love that one piece has so much body horror in it and i mean that unironically yeah. like it is very much a comic where people's bodies do fucked up shit and yeah. it sometimes sucks to look at but then with frankie it's it is very funny when <laughs> he burns all of his skin off what and it, like this is jumping ahead a little bit. I I really loved the moment when um after the time skip, Robin and Frankie like reunite and um he's like, "Who's that beautiful woman?" It's our um archaeologist extraordinaire, and he looks radically different. <laughs> like he, his entire silhouette is completely changed. And Robin just said, "Oh, you haven't changed at all. That's great." Yeah, <laughs> that that was a sweet little moment. That's what you're talking about, Frankie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's like got all his new like barbell shoulders or whatever, or like <laughs> yeah. whatever those things are called. Just a huge, huge robot man, yeah. Um everyone looks so great. Yeah. We are talking about new stuff, second arc stuff. Yeah. Uh let's it, it feels organic, so let's just follow our hearts and keep going with that. Um we have the fake straw hats, which um Well uh, b- before we get too far into it, I I do really want to talk about three D two Y. Um, and okay. just the time skip in general, if, if that's cool. Mm-hmm. Patrick, what did you think <laughs> of of that, of the, the 3D2Y thing? I was just long for the ride because so much weird shit had happened up to this point. <laughs> I really didn't know what to question or what to not think about. So I think my brain was just off. <laughs> I was just, and I was just digesting what I was seeing on the page. Like, just okay, like, yeah, sure. okay. <laughs> 3D2Y, oh, 3D's crossed out. Okay. I guess he meant two years. Yeah, because eventually Zolo, like, expl- he, he explains it to uh, Perona, I think, of, like, what it means. Cause, yeah, we get so much buildup of all the Straw Hats mm-hmm. freaking out about something and, and going, like, oh, no, I'm, I got to go back to the place I just left. I, I love 3D2Y. It is one of my all-time favorite moments in the whole series. Um, Ooh. 
it's really cool to me and i i really like i, I really like just like the loyalty that it demonstrates that because like I don't know what the chronology of how long this crew has been together has been. It's maybe like six months. And I think it's cool that all of them individually don't even like blink at the thought of like, oh yeah, sure. I'll individually train for two years for my captain and my friends. That's no problem. And then when we back up, it's all good. Mm-hmm. But um, also, I don't know. It, it's just such a, like a, a, a canny circumspect and like wise move from Luffy to realistically acknowledge like we're not, we're not up to the task. You know, because like throughout the whole series, like, you know, they're facing off against like tougher enemies or whatever, and they always rise to the occasion and beat them. Mm-hmm. And they finally hit their limit on that. And um, really sharp move from Luffy. And I, I thought it was interesting because there's only one other supernova that seems to be taking a similar approach. And that's Law, where Trafalgar Law mentions like the One Piece ain't going anywhere, guys. We don't have to go to the New World right now. We're not in a rush. It's been 22 Meanwhile, years. Yeah. Everybody else is going in and, you know, we'll, we'll see more of this as it plays out. But one of the fun things about the time skip is now Oda's shaken everything up where like stuff has happened and we don't know what it is yet. Um, oh yeah. We don't know, you know? What, it, what it is yet. <laughs> we Patrick, don't know what's yet. <laughs> Patrick, what's going on with Boogie, man? He got some crazy news, right? Yes, he did. Hold on one second. Oh my God. What's it going to be, man? <laughs> what's, yeah. What's that, it going to be? Um. Well, Patrick has walked away from the microphone, but I am going yeah. to vamp. We are going to keep going. Matt, yeah, we got to do with it. that. Yeah, we got to do it. Of course, got to got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, we have to talk about the time skip for everybody. So, yes. Let's just start with Luffy and we will ask Patrick about hockey and all that stuff when he gets back, but just to open it up, we finally learned the three types of hockey. There's mm-hmm. two, there's basically two colors. He calls them colors, which I don't agree with or like or appreciate. I mean, you've seen the anime. My understanding is that there are actual colors associated with this, and that just doesn't really translate to the black and white manga at all. Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> the three types of hockey are the Conqueror's Hockey, which is used in the very first chapter of the, the manga. Uh, mm-hmm. Patrick, you remember that, right, Mr. Patrick? Oh, you might be talking about me there, buddy. Yeah, we can hear Hello. you. Hello. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's all good. Uh, we're just talking about um, hockey. Hockey is what I heard last. Yeah, everyone training and and how Luffy. We finally learned the full deal on what hockey is. Right. Also, the uh, the show. I love how they illustrate that with the Neptunian and the eye thing. I guess they don't yeah. really explain it, but they kind of show it really cool. Because yeah, well, in the in the comic, it's not that clear. I didn't know what the fuck hockey was going on until probably like three episodes ago. Yeah, of the podcast, no, I, I felt the same way. We'll talk about it more on the the live act app. But yeah, they they really make it clear that Shanks is doing something there. <laughs> it's not just me mugging him. Yeah, and I I might have brought this up before, but I feel like hockey is a very smart balancing mechanic that mm-hmm. Oda put in to let non devil fruit users compete with devil fruit users because very specifically you can punch someone with hockey. And even if they're a Logia user or a Zoan user, whatever, it will still like do real damage to them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, it, I think it's really smart because like not to keep comparing this series to like Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, but to me, that's like a major problem in Dragon Ball Z is that there's kind of just one power system and People that can't keep up with it, that can't compete within it, just kind of get left behind. And like 
Dragon Ball had all these great characters that are like really important or like, you know, capable. And then, you know, flash forward a hundred episodes into Dragon Ball Z and they're just kind of comic relief. They're there maybe once every 20 episodes for two minutes. Like, oh yeah, there's Yamcha and you know, doing whatever he's doing. Who cares? This is so this- off topic, but I feel like I have to interject, Matt. <laughs> okay, please. That's why I love the Majin Buu saga. Because when Boo showed up, he was mm-hmm. a guy who was turning people into chocolate and cookies and eating them, which was horrifying. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> and then yeah, you later sudden- find out that they are not like physically eaten and dead. Their consciousness, their soul is still alive and being kept captive inside Majin Buu, making him yeah. stronger. And it's like a row of like 15 dudes that are all like buffing Majin Buu from the inside. <laughs> Yeah, and that's like more classic Dragon Ball stuff when it's like it's more inventive. Like, oh, there might be like a vampire mummy show up or something. It, it, <laughs> yeah. Just, it's not just doing the power level crap. And, and with this in One Piece, like you said, this adds a whole like parallel other system so that people can still be cool or tough without having to have a wacky X-Men power. Um, <laughs> and like as we've seen before, like sometimes it, you, you really want to have somebody who hasn't eaten a devil fruit because if somebody goes in the water, that's kind of it unless they have a good swimmer around. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it was a really sharp, really clever move uh, to introduce this. Yeah. So, Patrick, do mm-hmm. you have any questions about hockey and the way it works and the different colors? <laughs> It's more of a Canadian thing, but we do have a good. Uh, couple <laughs> as good far American as I teams. know, there is like one white hockey and then two black hockeys. <laughs> I mean, I'm along for the ride at this point. I'm I'm going to accept <laughs> hockey and not ask any questions like I did before uh, when I was just like, oh, those people just got defeated somehow <laughs> when when Luffy looked at them. Okay, I, I mean, I I don't blame you, Patrick. Like, there's so much going on here that it, it, it is kind of hard not to go like okay yeah sure i guess that's happening hockey, right i think hockey is the most hand wavy thing in mm-hmm. in one piece for me so far i don't think there's yeah. anything else quite like that where it's just like wait you just looked at him like no 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 there was uh there was <laughs> neurons getting signals from other neurons that uh it's time to go to sleep now or something i don't really know uh, to me it- like hockey, I, I like that you bring that up because what that made me think of is that hockey is kind of like the force in Star Wars. You don't really need to explain it that much. And the more like, you explain it, the worse it. The way I out. think, the way I think about the force is the way I think about hockey, which is it's some kind of dark sorcery. Basically, it's like it's, I, yeah. I wish they had said that honestly in the like beginning when because mm-hmm. he just does hockey or he does hockey and people kind of know what it is, but they don't explain it to the person reading the manga like what is right. going on they say oh did he just and then they just kind of cut it off or like whatever <laughs> yeah. you know instead of saying like oh the force flows all around us the <laughs> hockey can be used when in you in peril <laughs> you know if they would have just or if he would have just like you know and then when they're reading the stone that nami uh can decipher it's nami right oh the, the or robin and robin yeah. yeah robin the uh the the Poneglyph. If they, like one like footnote of that to being like, also there's these fucking things called hockey that are very supernatural in nature and they can stop whole armies of people <laughs> with the slightest look. That would have been good. I, I also love I hear- when they uh they sorry Matt sorry uh when yeah, they no, bring up the mantra they're like on the sky islands they call it mantra. It's like Oda yeah. is literally poking you and going, hey, remember this thing? Remember yeah, that? this yeah. is what's happening. <laughs> yeah, I. Like, I hear what you're saying, but I I think Oda does like playing around with, like, the level of information being shared. Um, 
he really likes introducing like John and I were just talking about little things that were dropped in the flashback that make no sense on the first read, but like he loves oh. dropping little things that like down the road get recontextualized or like maybe you, you find out what happened later on. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And like one of the, like you mentioned Robin and like, what if Robin read this? But one of the things I like most about Robin is that, at any given point in time, I figure there's like an 85% chance that Robin already knows everything going on. Mm -hmm. It's just that like Luffy doesn't give a shit about knowing what's going on almost ever. And we're, we're kind of following his perspective more than anybody's. Um, so there's this idea that like, if, if Luffy ever said like, Robin, tell me everything that there is to know about what's going on here. We probably would have heard about hockey like 400 chapters ago, <laughs> but he doesn't do that. He doesn't read the newspaper, he, you know, so. To me, that's one of the fun things is like, it's not that it's a secret necessarily, but we're, we're with the crazy impulsive crew and we, we don't necessarily know everything there is to know, but that's I, just you're making me sense. feel like I need to really reread these chapters because, because nah, I did, don't. I did feel like, um, after the flashback, when it goes into every character's like what they've been busy doing when mm -hmm. Luffy's been being almost killed, you know? Yeah. And then his recovery. Uh, I was kind of, I thought it was a little bit of a slog sometimes. I was like, fuck, there's like 30 people or like 12 people we could go it's a through lot to keep up with. And yeah. I was like, I'm not going to remember any of this. Like what's going on? <laughs> and now you guys telling me like, fuck, can't believe like they showed blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I should go reread this and like really try to remember. Like, I don't know if I can. This is just no, don't worry every about it. person's little back, little mini backstory has a lot going on. So like I agree with you and like as an example of, of that there's there's a character that we meet here that like on paper seems like he should be one of the most important characters in the entire series and as far as I know outside of like a movie or two this is the only time he shows up and that's mm. commander-in-chief Kong you remember that he guy? doesn't show up ever again I don't know if he's going to show up eventually, but like, he's, he's, just, <laughs> wow. he's just like, oh, by the way, Sengoku has a boss. Here he is. His name is Kong. Because. Anyway, oh, I forgot wow. he existed until like I started reading the red. I'm like, when because, the fuck does that guy show up? Yeah. Oh, I, I was like, oh, Kong just reminds me of Kang. Like, uh, the, what's the guy from the Marvel movies? The Kang the Conqueror. Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like backwards almost, but. I was like, okay, this guy's probably going to show up a lot. Like, he's the new big baddie or something that's, like, some kind of Bartholomew Kuma character, but... I'm expecting guess, to show Oda's, up eventually. But... Oda's keeping him in his back pocket, I guess. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Keeps saving I, like, him for a did... rainy day, for a slow writing day. <laughs> well, we, we, we did find out that there's a new Admiral of the Navy, and we heard um, Sengoku recommend Aokiji, but mm -hmm. we don't actually know who it is yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Can we talk about my man Usopp? Yeah, yeah, we got to I mean, I, un, I think you. What are they called? Un Usapun? Usapun, yeah. Un, yeah. Yeah, Usopp. we, we got to talk a little bit about everyone. Yeah. He's been eating his feelings, I'd, I'd say. He He's been eating uh, every he was feeling. He Everyone's was feelings. Bulking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the winner. It is funny to just eat everything and get like really kind of overdone on an island that is literally a plant that is eating everything on the island. Yeah, and he. He's eating a lot and he's getting fat, but he also is running constantly. <laughs> so it's like, I, I mean, you're at least you're exercising, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, he's getting he, his steps in. You're not wrong about him bulking, right? I mean, he, he, he bulked up and then he, he cut, cut. <laughs> and he cut. 
You know oh, what I'm saying? The cut was surprising, especially since I didn't know that that wasn't Luffy. <laughs> when oh, you see the the non or the whatever they call them, the non straw hats, whatever. The, the, just was, the fake straw hats. Yeah. The fake straw hats. When I saw Luffy, and I was what like, "Oh man!" And then they saw Usopp, <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, that that's just unfair for." <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a really funny move if, if yeah. That's how he played it. I, I think Nami even mentions to Usopp, like, damn, you look good. <laughs> yeah. You're strong now. Yeah. Yeah. She did the same thing with Chopper, which was a little weird. Yeah. Cho- I mean, I know you said earlier that Chopper, like, went through puberty. I don't, I don't know. He got bigger in his, like, deer form. But to me, it's like, oh, okay, you got a new hat. <laughs> Great job, little guy. Um, Chopper, I don't know. His, uh, I mean, his transformations, at least, are more, like, powerful, right? Like, his, his, um, trans- his deer form. Which one is that? Is that? It's like the I don't know the point? run form. I think. Yeah, I, I think it's the running form because I think I can't remember. There's like the, the leg form, the arm form, the horn. Form. There's so many forms. <laughs> I can't keep up with all. Of Whichever points. one looks basically like a normal deer, but bigger yeah, is bigger deer now. Mode. Um, so that seems like a power up for sure. Well, he, he learned a lot of medicine, which is one of those things that I think is like hard to quantify, but. Now he can just oh I figured out how to do more stuff. I think his know? drugs are also better. You know he's making better I think drugs. So. Yeah, um, Patrick, what did you think about Zoro and Mihawk? Um, that's when Mihawk says he doesn't. He wasn't there to fight uh, Zolo, right? Or Zoro? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was surprised because I thought I don't know. Mihawk's like a confusing character because <laughs> he's very scary and frightening yeah. and like deadly if. You're on his list for execution that day, I guess. But otherwise, I guess he's just kind of like he's got some kind of like code thing. I don't really understand at this point still like what he's because Zoro will kind of go after you if you prod him enough or he if he knows that like you're standing in his way to protect his friends or something. But mm-hmm. I still don't really understand Mihawk's code and kind of what he's about. He's kind of like a Kuma ish character to me at this point. No, I'd, I'd agree. Yeah, like what what is Mihawk's deal is a great question. Um, <laughs> and I think like they even kind of comment on that of like, you told me you're going to kill me. Like, why would I train you? Um, but Zolo convinces him. And I mean, presumably that's how Zolo loses an eye, I guess, is a training accident with uh, with Mihawk. But no, they my, don't really comment on it. My, my theory is what I said earlier. He just closed his eye and then he forgot to reopen it. And he was like, I have one eye now. So I, I have heard that before as a really? theory, and I I actually really like it because um, <laughs> I remember reading years ago, like, why, what's the deal with pirates and eye patches? And the explanation I got is like, well, okay, well, sometimes I lose an eye, but like, the other reason you do that is um, if you're going on like a raid of another ship at night or whatever, oh, having the eye patch yeah. on lets, yeah, one eye is acclimated to the dark, the other is acclimated to the light, and it would be a fun little piratey thing if they do reveal... <laughs> That Zolo's like, oh, I've been keeping one eye ready for a Holy night attack shit. the whole time. He fights Blackbeard, <laughs> who has the darkness fruit, and he's oh, in total be... darkness. And then he opens the eye, and he's like, oh. I can see you, and just boom. <laughs> Zoro just keeps it closed for six months. That would be pretty <laughs> badass, dude, yeah. I was yeah. just imagining he, like, hangs his sh- his swords up in the shower with him when he takes a shower. And, like, he just, like, ran into it, and it cut him in the same spot that he already had. Because he already had that scar there, right? I could see that. I, I don't remember. No, if he I, don't had a scar. I don't think he did. I don't think he did. Okay. Yeah. Well, then he just ran into a sword in the shower. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm going with. My, what I actually think happened, since we're like chatting about it, is that he, uh, 
So he's fighting Mihawk, and Mihawk has those crazy eyes, right? So mm-hmm. Mihawk can see in the dark. Mm, so he's yeah. fighting Zoro in total darkness, and he's I able to see, see Zoro, and Zoro's not able to see him. So that's why Zoro does the eye thing. Mm-hmm. And then he he does that as like his secret strategy, and as soon as he opens the eye, Mihawk fucking like cuts it, and he's like, keep that eye closed! <laughs> and so he closes it again, and he hasn't opened it yet. Have we like seen that. anyone with an eye patch, actually? I'm trying to think of someone... I don't know if we've seen anyone with an eye patch in One Piece yet. I don't think we have. Maybe and, eye um, patches don't exist in One Piece, and Zoro no, is going to be the first to <laughs> wear an eye patch. I, I was reading about this semi lately, actually, and um, that's something that I, I hadn't really thought about until somebody pointed it out, which is that like Oda is really like cautious and, and like self limiting and using like the common pirate like visual tropes, like. Zeph is, I think, the only guy with a peg leg, um, for example, mm. and and just the idea of like, oh, there's like a parrot or something. It, like, he doesn't really lean in for that kind of thing. But I, I think there's an interview where he's like, oh, there's a character I can't wait to draw. When this character shows up, you'll know that like we're getting to the end. Um, but I think he said that that character will have an eye patch. Um, <laughs> so he's saving him. Yeah, yeah, he's saving it for for somebody, something. All right, um, Brooke, what did you think about Brooke? I love how the, I think Brooke is like the last uh, character background you get before the jump, right? I think so. Like one of the last ones. So like you see him like get some, I thought he had an air, he had an air guitar, right? Did he have an air guitar? He'd actually have a real guitar at that flash or not the flashback, but like the meanwhile scenes. The the meanwhile scenes are are weird with Brooke because like it's basically him helping with these like bandits or whatever. And then right. they like kidnap him at the end. I don't remember if he even has but like he, an instrument. He does something where he's like, and it, and it has like the sound effects below it saying like, wah, wah, yeah. or something. I'm like, oh, he's playing air guitar because he's a musician. And That's then like then. you skip ahead like a couple chapters and then it's like, Brooks is a superstar, rock star, he's apparently. He's the most famous <laughs> musician in the world. <laughs> and, yeah. and he really, like, he started with air guitar and moved into real, I don't really know what's going on, but I thought maybe he was playing air guitar and he worked his way up into, like, Metallica level, you know, Bones bones guitar or whatever. <laughs> I think that's accurate, yeah. yeah. Um, I do love the scene where, like, he tells the man, like, we don't see this, but we, we hear it referenced that he tells his manager, like, hey, I'm quitting after this performance. And the manager's like, I called the Navy. <laughs> we had a good thing going and you blew it up. He's like, oh, he wants the reward money. And then the manager is like, die with like, die with us, Brooke. We're all going to die. Now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's already dead. And when the manager has these insane, like 50% too long, like arms for no reason. And it's just a, a silly, weird little detail to throw in for that's this a, guy who shows up like twice. That's like John's body horror category. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> I'm saying, oh, yeah. I'm saying. Well, I heard that Oda really likes silhouettes for characters, and, and one of his design like tenets is like, I just want to make the weird, like, new silhouettes that I haven't done before because that's interesting to me. You think Oda likes Crimes of the Future, the movie? <laughs> he I likes movies. So. I could see it. Yeah. I, I was also gonna interject too, Patrick, that you brought up the T one thousand earlier. Um, it is entirely possible that that is a inspiration. I would think so, yeah. Like, I mean, because he's even got the exposed, like, neck uh, machinery or whatever mm-hmm. going on, too. Yeah, because Oda, like like I said, Oda, or Matt actually said this uh, in a previous episode, that Frankie is very much the American character. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. for him to be, like, the most iconic 
right, you know, robot man, sci-fi horror villain. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think I, I think we brought this up back when we first met him and found out he's a cyborg. Because yeah, like who is one of the most famous American action stars of all time? It's it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and what's his most iconic role? It's the Terminator. Right, so, that's Frankie, hundred percent. Yeah, I don't think it's a stretch at all. Yeah. Uh, last call. We got to get to rating and review. Uh, I love the fake straw hat dipshits. Um, I, I forgot that like the straw hats aren't the ones that give them their comeuppance. Um, but you know, talking about the live action, uh, this is a reminder for me of that scene where one of Shanks's most important lessons to Luffy is like, Hey, you don't have to like beat up every dipshit mm-hmm. who like looks at you weird. And I, I, that was my big takeaway from this other than like some of the knuckleheads in the group actually thinking that, it's the real guys, but it's like, oh, okay, well, whatever. None of you, <laughs> none of you warrant any notice whatsoever. Um, so we're not going to, you know, pay any attention to you. Yeah. Patrick. Um, are we doing the review right now? No, last call. Oh, um, I don't think I have anything for last call. This is a, this was a, a very dense, uh, very dense bunch of chapters. I think we covered everything pretty much that I was going to bring up. Um, uh, yeah, I feel like we could go for a second hour on this if we really wanted to. There's, there's just there's so sh- much, so much <laughs> shit going on. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I think I think I think I'm good. Last call. Yeah, go ahead, I mean, John. I, I just wa- I just don't want to spend two hours like basically recounting everything that happened because yeah. it's like right. so much happened. You know, like I tried to go broad strokes, and I th- I think we all we all talked about different stuff that we cared yeah. about and we thought was cool. So, um, I guess all of it that leaves is for Patrick to rate and review this. Um, Patrick, my rate and review. I'm, are we doing it out of uh, Barry kingdom still? Well, but you know, Patrick, it's the end of an era and the beginning of a new one. So, um, Oh, let me, let me see. Make I'll see you guys in three days. Uh, I'm going to keep yeah, this. Yeah, actually <laughs> I am going to pull a Sengoku and murder your son. Uh, John's <laughs> going to re- John's going to re-edit every podcast episode that I've done a rating on and like over voiceover when I say kingdom, say like uh, S Frank or whatever, like in John's it. voice, not Patrick's <laughs> voice. I mean, I can make a AI of your voice at this point. I was going to say, we, oh, we've no. had so many recordings yeah, that that's there's true. plenty of data to train on. Yeah. This is going to be the downfall of me in the future, probably. <laughs> but I do uh, agree with Matt. This is a new era of the show, the... It does manga, feel like that. the podcast. Yeah. So this would be the time to uh, decide on a new system. <laughs> Ooh, I see your suggestion. I hear your suggestion, and I disregard your suggestion, Gensa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna give this. It was so many. It was like 580, 580 to six hundred two, right? Uh, or five eighty one to six hundred two, something like that. A lot of chapters. Yeah, pretty much every chapter had. Something that you probably should, that I should remember going forward, like probably some fucking important piece of information is in every single chapter that I read. And I know I am at like 50% of like reading comprehension for this, for this, uh, glob right now. So, uh, Patrick, what if I told you when we catch up and we are weekly, we are either going to have a week with one chapter, just one chapter that, that's gonna be a that was like how we, we are, started remember how we did like five chapters on the first seven. episode i think we did seven because it was supposed to be one per day which <laughs> talked like an hour dude we could literally read the chapters on the podcast like out loud <laughs> <laughs> like for 
That's if, how if we were to is. wait for seven new chapters, that would take like two months or three months. And like, here's the thing, guys, even if we do one chapter at a time, not every chapter comes out every week. Well, what's yeah. going to be awesome is like, we're going to have so much. No- well, you guys already have a lot more knowledge than me, but we're going to be able to go back and be like, wait, yeah. have I seen this before? And you can fucking Google, you know, review where we've seen something and kind of like put more pieces together, which will give us more ammo and more words to speak on the podcast. So I'm not, I'm not afraid. Yeah, um, we're going to have some fine stuff. Get to your fucking review, review. Sorry, boy. sorry, sorry. My reading. Uh, I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this. Um, I gotta go like six out of seven Berry Kingdoms because there is so many, so much. There's a lot going on, and I know I didn't catch all of it. Um, but as as dense as it was, it's pretty impressive. Like, there's so much dialogue on every single page in the drawings. It's almost like you couldn't even pay attention as fast as I wanted to on some of them, but just because like there's so much going on so much setup for like, I feel like a hundred different story arcs are in this group of chapters right here that mm-hmm. it's kind of incredible. And f- as far as what happens, like there's so much shit that happens. It's, I can't even like summarize it. Like we saw Luffy being dead almost to like the start of like the next or the second half of this one piece storyline with everyone kind of having done their own thing. And like, uh, I'm seeing. I'm still digesting it, honestly. So I'm gonna give it a six out of seven. Oh yeah. Okay. I take your suggestion and I disregard it because <laughs> the only part of Berry Kingdoms I don't like is Kingdoms because it references a previous <laughs> podcast, and this is a different podcast <laughs> that's not about that. So yeah, this what podcast it is, has gone on so much longer than the other one, which is my favorite part of this. Bit, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Um, okay. So it's Barry ranks. It's out of it seven cooler, Barry ranks. It needs to be cool as cool as Barry kingdoms. Barry gears. Barry gears. What about um, I don't know. It's Barry there ranks. King- I give it. Here's John, the thing. There, there are kingdoms in One Piece, though. One Piece has kingdoms. Yeah, it's not like. Oh a yeah, main we just said Goa Kingdom. It's not like Goa Central Kingdom. God, it's, I, it's, I hope it's Oda not makes not a central. I I hope Oda makes a Berry Kingdom land in the last <laughs> arc. Someone and Here, then I'll be validated. Here's the thing. I give it four out of seven Berry Kingdoms and or ranks, depending on which one we choose, because. Uh, like I said, not a huge <gasps> fan of the Sabo thing for X, Y, and Z reasons, but I did like what was going on in all the other storylines with all of the Straw Hats and with Buggy and seeing Vivi and all that. And like, uh, even what happened to Luffy outside of his flashback and his trauma, I liked like his training sequence with Rayleigh and having to survive in like such a brutal environment, kind of like Usopp, uh, is, is cool to see. Um, but yeah, I'm not as big a fan of the Sabo stuff, unfortunately. So that's why I give it four. Uh, Matt, what about you? Man, um, this this was so wild to read. There is so much that I forgot. Like this this does an incredible job of transitioning into like what's clearly like you know the part two of the series. Um, there are so many really great little touches. Um. And like we kind of like you said, Patrick, it, it feels like we're seeing like a thousand different plot lines getting like set up here. And it's true. Like Oda's so deftly and nimbly just scattering seeds for stuff that could pay off later. Like we find out that, um, you know, Blackbeard had the level six Impel Down 
like prisoners fight to the death to join his crew. But we also find out a lot of them escaped and they're mm-hmm. just all over the place. And, you know, Sengoku wants to warn the world about this and he gets shot down and, and it turns into a cover up, which might be part of why he quit his job. But um, and I, I don't know, like even just in terms of like the the emotional stakes of it, like one of my favorite parts of this is like Rayleigh and Luffy's relationship. Um, like Rayleigh is allowed on to Amazon Lily, which that alone is like really interesting. We find out that like he's the one who saved the the Boa sisters, and like they don't even mention the fact that he's an exception. It's just kind of understood that like the rules don't apply to Rayleigh. Um, and one of my favorite moments in this whole thing was at the very end when like Luffy, you know, beat. But first of all, Luffy one shotting the pacifista, and then like Zolo and Sanji like double teaming one shotting a pacifista is so satisfying after the last time we're on this island, there were just these like nightmare machines that, you know, couldn't be touched. But when he says like, thanks for everything, Rayleigh, I'm going to be king of the pirates. And like Rayleigh tears up. And, um, I know it, it, like there's this real sense that like, you know, Roger's dead, but Rayleigh was like the closest like proxy for him. And he's chosen the heir. Like, like he's designated Luffy as like, you're, you're my pick for the, for the guy. Um, I don't know. It, it really paid off. I, I, I continue to love everything like in Impel Down and Amazon Lily and, and Marineford of like Luffy winning new allies and like a guy who gets less credit than he probably deserves is Duval in the rosy life like flyers or whatever. That fucker got beaten up for two years to protect the boat because Sanji gave him like plastic surgery once. <laughs> like there are so many ride or die people. I don't know. I, I could just talk about this for hours. I loved it. I loved every bit of this. I'm going to go uh, seven out of seven Barry Kingdoms. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I'm going to go uh, quad S. No, you know what? I'm going to go four and a half S. Um, this worked for me on every single fucking level. Past, present, and future. So exciting. Can't wait to keep going uh, for maybe the worst arc in the entire series, but we'll see. I want to raise... My score to a five. Okay. I Today? did. I did some calculations, and I think, I think, yeah. If I was grading this separately, like I would probably give the stuff with Sabo at least like a four. Like I didn't hate it that much. Mm-hmm. And but the stuff, all the like return to Shibodi stuff, the like five extra chapters that we read, basically, mm-hmm. uh, that I would give like a seven. I think. Yeah. Um, that's like a perfect seven in my mind because it's just so epic and cool. But because I'm grading them together, I'm kind of like amalgamating the st- the score a little bit. So I love how seriously you take this, John. It's very funny to me. <laughs> Listen, I just want to do my due diligence for the fans of this show. Devil's Eye Punch, John. I thought you were going to make a joke about the conversion ratio from uh, Barry Kingdoms to S ranks, <laughs> and how you actually got the math wrong, and it's higher than you thought. Well. <laughs> <laughs> that is part of it because you know the ranks are the past. We're what, two years what about, of inflation here. What about Zoan types or no um, Zoan? <laughs> What's a number though? Like a number? It's either gears. I'll give us seven gears. I think <laughs> gears works if we just say gears. <laughs> okay, I'm cool with gears. Seven out of seven gears. Patrick, I'm confident you will continue to say whatever the hell you feel like saying during the uh, rate and review segment. <laughs> that, is, that is possible, Matt. That is possible that I will ignore whatever anyone ever decides to do. <laughs> this is why we need to be more popular so we can have a really devoted fan who has a wiki for our show. 
and will keep track of everything for us. We can dream. Oh. We can dream. Any day now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you can email us at devilfruitpunch at gmail.com. You can check out the music of Matthew Ross on SoundCloud. The album is still coming, baby. He told me it's coming. I like what I've heard so far, so I think you're going to love it as well. Uh, you can follow us on TikTok. Um, we're going to keep doing the show and the manga, but the release schedule is yet to be determined, so um, just get ready for that. Um, I think at this point, two episodes have come out in one week, which was last week, because this episode comes out in the future. But anyway, <laughs> the future is now. <laughs> until next time, the future time. is now. <laughs> Ahoy, brothers! Ahoy, sisters! Ahoy! Ahoy.